The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Welcome to another football to the max as the New England Patriots have just won against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay 19 to 14. It's been about, I want to say an hour since the game ended and joining me here, Mr. Eric Watkins. A lot of people are going to be very angry at tonight's result. I'm kind of one of them only because, well, I'm saving my drinking for tomorrow. Yeah, if you're a Bucks fan, you got to be angry at Nick Folt for missing three field goals in this game, and they're pretty much the story here. I don't think you can really blame. I uh, certainly, I don't know, you can blame the defense. They were getting that pass rush on Tom Brady pretty well. They were consistent throughout the game with that. He got hit a lot. And, you know, New England's defense certainly stepped up and played a lot better on this Thursday night. Lots of three and outs for Tampa Bay. But still, they had many opportunities to win this game or have leads in this game or just, you know, make this a different game, have a lot more pressure put on New England. But Nick Folk... How do you miss three field goals? You are that bad. Uh, the only reason you have a job is because the guy that they fired is even worse than you. And yeah. It's, it's just kind of sad that Tampa Bay couldn't go find somebody else at this point. Well, they kind of did. But uh, kickers, we've seen what's happened with Robbie Gold. We saw what happened with Roberto Aguayo even in Chicago. I mean, if Lawrence Tynes didn't have to deal with that MRSA, he would still be kicking right now. Yep, but hey, things happen the way they happen. I cannot imagine that Nick Folk has a job after tomorrow. That's probably the news that will come up pretty quickly, I'm assuming. Yeah, and who do they sign that's the problem. Well, they certainly won't be signing another kicker that we're, ta- we're going to be talking about in a little bit because another team that has kicker problems has finally decided to get rid of theirs. But, you know, let, let's look beyond Nick Folk's City field goals. Obviously, they're, they stand out because that's nine points that you didn't put on the board that obviously would have been the difference here uh, to get you the win. And uh, on the other end, Steven Guskowski puts in four field goals, four for four, no issues. Ugh, just just got to hurt on that end. But I mentioned the Tampa Bay defense from the beginning. Interception on Brady on that first drive. They were forced him in the three and out. They sacked Brady uh, quite a few times. They forced the fumble. I mean, I don't know that you could have asked any more from that defense than what they did. They forced four field goals instead of getting touchdowns. I mean, certainly not on the Tampa Bay D here. What 
does this surprise you at all? It seemed like uh, lots of people were surprised at the pass rush they were generating. It, it's amazing how bad this this Patriots offensive line has become. Oh, but did you put yourself on mute on accident? No, my normally reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi connection somehow crapped out. <laughs> Your Wi-Fi connection is just a joy. Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, I know, I know, I know. Tonight it has really not been kind. I don't know what it is. Well, is the Patriots... Offensive line, just it's crazy how bad they've gotten. Well, I mean, it allowed Tom Brady not just like three, four sacks, but potentially kind of vicious. I mean, it Brady all, had to run quite a few worked, times, and I'm not and seeing this to take nasty tackles. Yeah. Like, I mean, to take him out, I'm not saying they definitively were, but they went in that And for a while, I thought, eh, Brady may not finish this game. I mean, luckily for the Patriots, he did. But I'm also noting one other trend here. The Patriots have allowed all five opposing quarterbacks to throw for 300 yards. All five. Yep. When is the last time we've seen this happen with this sort of Patriots defense? Uh, last year, it wasn't a thing about yards. It was they just didn't allow a lot of points. Right. So, I mean, they did that in this game. That was the best performance they put on. I think yes. all season, but it's it's also due to you know some errant throws by Winston, some drops as well. Uh, you did see Stephon Gilmore and uh, Butler play a bit better in secondary on coverage, but when you know Deshaun Jackson got going in this game for it seemed like the first time all year with Winston, they controlled mm-hmm. Mike Evans a lot more, which I think you got to give the defense credit for that. But another thing, you know, you mentioned Winston going over 300 yards. Doug Martin comes back, and he was gashing the Patriots' defense. Especially early on. I mean, they thought that you would have him bottled up, maybe one, two-yard loss. But all of a sudden, boom, 10 here, 10 here, 8 here and then that uh, finally the opening touchdown for the Bucks jumping over it's like wow welcome back <laughs> yeah it's it, it's amazing how much different it is that he's playing and you know Jaquaz Rogers kind of did fine while in his absence but this felt like all right He's been suspended. He's motivated. He's ready to go. And he showed it in this one for the most part. Uh, but again, I I just want to mention this on the, the, the Patriot defense. Aside from the missed field goals, which were two of the last four drives uh, for the Bucks. You then had that touchdown by Braith that made it close. And they even got that ball back at the end. And there's that defense should not allow them to have gotten to the 18-yard line and even had the opportunity for that last play. No, when it was very obvious, especially Tony Romo even said this on the broadcast, the two-man coverage on the outside, near the sidelines, trying to guard Tampa Bay from getting out of bounds. What were they able to do very efficiently those first couple of plays? Get chunks of yardage and get out of bounds. Yeah, they were, they were aligned. It's, I think it was sort of one of those, like, that. that's so much easier to pass on because 
at that point, they're just trying to make sure they don't get the big play. You're allowing things to go through the middle. Deshaun Jackson ripped off that big one, too, which that helped him a lot. He saved my fantasy day with that one because he was kind of having a rough one. And I was like, oh, should have taken him out. But he pulled through in the end. I think for the, the Patriots, the offense looked a lot more... Uh, I mean, they're always dynamic, right? They always get their they get their points in some form or fashion. They're going to go up and down the field. They did that here, but we saw Deion, uh, Deion Lewis running. Uh, better Gillisley was running uh, a bit more as well. Uh, and Amendola was, was pretty much the savior for the most part for the Patriots because he was making the big catches. They just kept getting called back for penalties, which that was hurting the team as well. And it uh, looks like we might have lost Eric here. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really just the... Uh, it looks like we got uh, we got Eric back here. So, you know, it was really the Amendola show. He just kept getting his catches called back for some kind of dumb penalty, which was hurting the Patriots. That really, I think, hurt them the most is... I think it was like five different first downs for the Bucks were given by penalties on the Patriots uh, mm -hmm. defensively, and then offensively they kept because of that pass rush by the the Bucks, they kept holding or clipping or and and it would negate big yards. So it was really sort of just James White and Denny Amendola carrying it in the absence of no Gronk and no Edelman. Yeah, and I also saw an unusually high amount of hands-to-the-face penalties. Yeah, with, that too. Ugh, that seemed weird, especially given the Patriots' level of discipline, but okay. I mean, for everybody that's saying this team is different, for everybody saying that Brady's lost a step, number one, I don't think he has, but number two... This team should easily be two and three right now. I don't think we're seeing the same mystique that we've seen even leading up to last season. And if that mystique isn't there, then the entire AFC really becomes that much more wide open. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the team is obviously different without Gronk on the field. They they show that sad of... I think no throws to tight ends at all. Obviously, this is where, you know, it would have been important to keep a guy like Martellus Bennett. You didn't do that. You decided to uh, keep a Dwayne Allen who, if he was on the field, I didn't see him. And, you know, that's the thing. You're throwing to your backs and you're throwing to, you know, the, the, the Amendolas. And, and for, you know, Amendola's credit, he did everything he could. Chris Hogan as well I just think you're putting Tom Brady in that kind of position as well where he's missing some big targets that, that he's used to having uh, he has played I think they mentioned what 31 times without Gronk which is amazing mm -hmm. and that being said I agree with you though I, I don't think it's Brady on this one he is 40 we have to remember that Yep. and when the Offensive line's not blocking. He's not a runner. And that makes it a lot easier for the defenders to get at him. And it creates issues in the coverage. Because if you are able to get a rush on them and then you're covering most of the receivers, it's if they don't get any of that separation, it's a lot easier to bring Brady down than, say, even a few years ago where he could move a little bit more. But he's also not used to that offensive line just being this bad where it seems like almost on every play he's he's having a run or move or something. Yeah, he's having a run, he's having a move, and with a short week, you automatically know, okay, both teams are going to play a more base defense. New England played zone most of the night because it's pretty simple assignments you don't have to practice. And even with that, Tampa Bay clearly had a little bit more of an advantage with 
theirs defense, even though they played it much softer at times and got burned for it, because their, their pass rush was exponentially better. Right. Yeah, I, I just think that, like you said, it's this is going to be a fight and survive Patriots. Uh, at least throughout the season until they, if they can ever figure out their offensive line issues, this might be a team that we see a lot more of these scores because Scouts is kicking more field goals and you're seeing less touchdowns, especially if Gronk doesn't play. And I'm sure this won't be the last time we're hearing of him injured. He gets injured quite a bit. But uh, credit to Brady, credit to the team for hanging in and winning. And they are now 3-2, and two, and they move along. And Tampa Bay uh, losing here on a game that they probably felt they should have won, even if you don't include the field goal misses. But that's sad when you are you can't rely on a field goal kicker in the NFL where that's so important, and these games can be separated by that much at times. Exactly, and I mean... It, does, it seems like whoever does kick for the Bucks, they've been terrible. Absolutely. So, so that's uh, why I say, who are they going to sign? Well, as I mentioned, they won't be signing Nick Novak because he has been signed by the the oops, almost said it, Los Angeles Chargers as they finally wave young. Young Hoku uh, on Thursday, you know, Young Hoku's obviously he's the one that had his kick blocked. That's not his fault, but he did miss the game winner against the Dolphins. Uh, and then he's, you know, only been able to make attempts that are under 30 yards or so, which that should be chip shots at this point. Uh, he is young or he, he's, he's young for a kicker 36 <laughs> times, but, uh, Hey, Nick Novak, he's an experienced kicker in the league, and hopefully uh, it helps helps the Chargers in the long run. Experienced kicker in the league, experienced with the Chargers. Exactly. Uh, that, that matters as well, but at the end of the day, it's about making sure you get it through the uprights and not missing, and that's something that, uh, you know, for let's be honest, that we have – we saw Mr. Harrison Butker win a game on Monday, a guy nobody knew about. You know, we more often than not, a lot of times, you know, kickers come out of just off the street and they end up doing better than some of these veterans. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's when you have guys that only have really one job, a lot of them do it better than others. Certainly, and I think the... The only thing we got to talk about before we get into things we'll talk about during the previews here is uh, Carolina Panthers adding Jarius Bird to their secondary uh, thanks to the uh, injury to Kurt Coleman. Uh, he was with the uh, Buffalo Bills where he went to the Pro Bowl there. He was with the Saints uh, as well. He's made 22 interceptions in his in his five seasons, so he has a pedigree. But the bigger news for the Panthers is after having his best game of the season, Cam Newton has to decide that he wants to make a dumb comment. Not that anybody that works in media or has to talk, you make dumb comments. Right. It there's mm -hmm. we've all said something we aren't proud of or said something that maybe we shouldn't say. But this is a guy that's going to be scrutinized. You know, this mm -hmm. is the quarterback of a team. And with all the things that are going on right now in the world, political correctness is about the number one thing that should be in your head when you are doing any kind of a press conference right now. People are jumping to try to find anything to get mad about. And look, this is a legit get mad about it. Uh, and, I, and as a person that has a daughter, uh, wife, live with 
you know, to other women, it is insulting to have a female reporter ask a legit question about Devin Funches and and really nail it on his routes. And Cam Newton responds with, <laughs> it's funny to hear a woman talk about routes. Cam Newton, do you not know that we all have NFL Game Pass now? We can all watch the All-22 and literally see a route being run and figure out that that's a route. I mean, if you can't tell in full and in real time, you can slow the game down and know that a route is being run. I mean, come on now, man. That's just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Now... I am going to say in further info that I found out about the particular reporter, she's said, tweeted, retweeted things that are a lot worse. Right. But but I'm still going on cam for, okay, what you said, it wasn't terrible in the grand scheme, but still think before you speak. Yeah, just answer the person's question. I mean, you know, it, it just, it's unnecessary. Like, just answer the person's question. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who asks it. That's what you're supposed to do. It's just ask the person's question, answer the person's question. If you don't want to answer it, just don't, then don't answer it. You, I mean, you do say a lot more by not answering her question and then going and answering a, you know, a, a male reporter's question or whatever, but it's just like, that's almost... You know, less than than what you you know you brought so much you brought too much unwanted attention to yourself, mm-hmm. and and then not only that he lost a sponsorship because of it the the Dan and Oikos uh, protein whatever uh, yogurt the Greek yogurt sponsorship that he has that he has been in some funny commercials. Uh, the one I can remember the most is the the one with the nerdy guy where, you know. Uh, He's there with cheerleaders and, you know, he makes it seem like by eating this yogurt, you're going to get strong and, and uh, the women are going to flock to you or whatever. And, that and comes he makes a joke about the guy because he's so nerdy and ugly, I guess, that doesn't matter. That's not going to help him. But, that commercial made me so angry. Why? You don't have any idea how many times I go to the store and especially get drinkable yogurt and drinkable Greek yogurt because of that commercial. And it's like, hello, really? Come on now. I've been working out too. I'm not like that guy. <laughs> yeah. I I like the Greek yogurt. The I'll get the, uh, I like those flip Greek yogurts. Those are pretty good. But yeah, uh, I, they're also sort of expensive. So I get like, you know, maybe two or three and that's it. But, I've been a Dasani guy anyways. Or Chobani, rather. <laughs> yeah, Publix also doesn't sell Dasani. So, uh, or is it, it's Dan and I think they don't, I don't know which one they don't sell. But, anyway, the... Publix you're shopping at, they sell them all at the one near my house. No, there's one that they don't sell. There's a brand they do not sell, which I can't remember right now. Uh, I think it is Dan that they don't. Like the purple colored ones, at least by where I live. Most yeah, of the that's just don't. the one where you live. I see them all the time. But, uh, yeah, anyway, let's enough talk about you. <laughs> yogurt. Uh, this sponsor was mad enough to say, that, you know, they haven't terminated their sponsorship with the league. They're just removing any advertising with him on it, even though I did see the commercial uh, air today. Uh, I don't know that they were just not able, not fat, not able to remove everything fast enough. No, but, usually in situations like this, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, it's it does. It's just look, uh, you know, when you do something like that, it's it's just yeah. I, she also had to apologize for retweeting offensive treats. She apparently had offensive tweets from four to five years ago. This is why when you start becoming a a media reporter, 
or any kind of public figure, you need to go into your tweet catalog and delete everything that might be offensive. Or make your account private and create a separate account. Yeah, that too. But (laughs) I'm just saying, like, come on, people. How many times has this happened now? All over the spectrum of sports, I've it's happened many times in wrestling where people didn't get jobs because they found offensive tweets. People have gotten fired for offensive tweets. Brother, brother, and uh, you know a woman that decided she wanted to support Nazis four to five years ago. I mean, it's just like honestly, just you gotta be smart. I, I get it. It's just it's like the you know when you have a leak. That stuff gets in the cloud. You forget that it happened because it's freaking five years ago. Who remembers every tweet you had five years ago? But because you don't remember, that's why you have to go back. And as soon as you get that new job where you're going to be a more public figure, you got to go and start deleting because people just love to do that. And this is exactly what people do. When you get put in the media like that, that's the first thing people do is go try to see if you have tweets where you were offensive as well so they can get back at you, which I think change, it just takes away from what she's trying to say. And I I commend the NFL for coming out and saying that's just plain wrong and disrespectful to the exceptional female reporters and all the journalists who cover the league. Um, so good on the league for... Um, coming out and saying it now uh this is funny because cam apologized via Mm -hmm. video Mm -hmm. and he says you know he understands that uh, his word choice was degrading and disrespectful to women and that wasn't his intention um he apologized to anybody that took offense um uh he he tries to make a platform that's you know positive but this is the one I don't understand you're a father to two beautiful daughters yep it, what <laughs> hello <laughs> like i that's the first one to me like you're a dad to to daughters like this is now something that that you know those, your daughters can go back and see that. I get it. The NFL culture, it's a male-dominated culture, whatever. But this, this is not like we have had a female sideline reporters and female reporters for a long time now. You have a strong yeah. contingent of female fans. You have female reporters. Yeah. You're getting more female leagues. It, it's really, again, think before you speak. Yep. Think before you speak. It's very, uh, very, and this is not like it was in a heat of the, oh, this is after a game or, or whatever. This is a middle of the week press conference, like, or not middle of the week, but still, this is a day after, two days after, like, come on, man, just, just gotta use, gotta, gotta think more, um, before speaking. But, oh, I forgot to mention during the, the, uh, breakdown there the tnf breakdown bill belichick now has won in every nfl city after defeating tampa that was the only city he had not won in before city and tom joins brett Favre and high most regular season wins by a quarterback brady has the best winning percentage of the three of them wow pretty cool uh record there for mr brady all right so let's uh we'll we're done talking about bad statements let's talk about the nfl games happening this weekend and hold on can i just say something something about this week's one o'clock window yes I am seeing very few watchable games in this slate. Oof, yeah, there is some some games. Let me tell you, I don't think people want to watch. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll have to get through them anyway. 
the let's start with the 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 game that people thought would be the the game we had last week the the battle of 0 and 4 teams but that is not the case the New York Jets are 2 and 2 although they have not won away from MetLife Stadium this year against the 0 and 4 Cleveland Browns Josh McCown revenge game much but uh yeah you you mean just like it was a revenge game against jacksonville the man's played for like 10 different teams i I feel like most recently though people remember his stint with the browns i think uh that being said you know this chief just defense has certainly stepped up in the last couple of weeks i feel like this might be their first one away from home and they're going to have a winning record because I, I just have no faith in this Browns team at all. I just After what happened against Cincinnati, I tried, but no. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Mark the tape because I'm probably never going to say that again this season. You are, uh, yep, I will certainly mark that. Where is that? Around the 31-minute mark? Let's, I will. Try to remember that. We do have a battle of 0-4s, just two different teams. The Los Angeles Chargers going into MetLife Stadium to play the New York Giants. Oh, boy. The Giants have to win this game. I don't think there is any other. I mean, the, the Chargers have to win this game as well. But... I, I don't think there's any excuse for the Giants here. You have the receivers to get through on this defense. Now, can the offensive line deal with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa? And that's a problem. But but they're kind of soft in the middle. And, and the secondary is missing Verrett still. And uh, I would imagine that with the secondary that the Giants have, you should be able to limit Keenan Allen and therefore limit the Chargers' offense a bit. Yeah, but at the same time, I see the Giants as somewhat of a bad team. I see the Chargers... I mean, I don't know how you can not be a bad team and be 0-4. Right, but my point is you have a bad team in the Giants going against just a very unlucky team in the Chargers. And I honestly think, yes, even though they're in the Eastern time zone, it's not StubHub. I think if you're going to break the hoodoo at some point and finally win a close game, this is going to be it. So you're going with the Chargers? I am going with the Chargers. I think the Giants at home, with all the pressure, there's going to be a lot of questions. Ben McAdoo is going to be under a lot of fire. You lose to a team that should be very winnable. Well, simple. If McAdoo winds up starting the season 0-5, maybe 0-6, he's out the door. No, you're not wrong. I'm saying that because of all that, because Eli Manning's been... Playing rather well, considering, you know, after all that talk, after the first couple weeks, he's really come back. And, uh, you know, the defense has been wishy-washy here more than, you know, in in, at least last year. They've got a point to prove. I think this is the Giants, and I wouldn't be surprised they win by a touchdown, honestly. All right. So, I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just not seeing it from this team. The Indianapolis Colts at home. Jacoby Brissett against Brian Hoyer, who's been challenged by his coach that he needs to play better. Certainly he does. Is this another one of those? Go ahead. Is this another one of those games where we can finally get a tie and get it over with? Because, I mean, come on. Why do you want a tie? I mean, 
Those For things like this, does either team really deserve to win this game? Well, maybe they will show it in the game. Let's not keep judging them based off the week before. Every week is different in the NFL. We know this. I'm not just judging them off of the week before. I'm judging them off of the entire season. Okay, the Niners have come closer a couple of times. Maybe they get over the The Colts the actually have a win. I mean, I'm, and, just trying to, I'm just saying. It, and? I'm saying they have a win. They won this year. The 49ers have not. I'm going to say the Colts win. I'm going to say the Chargers win on the last play of overtime. And again, if it's a tie, so be it. Yes. Uh, You did pick the Chargers in the last game, so uh, I will give you a break. Chargers, Niners, they're California teams that suck. What's really the difference except colors? Touche, sir. Touche. <laughs> so, the let's uh, start talking about actual good games here. What Cincinnati Bengals team are we going to get as they go home where they have not won this season against a Buffalo Bills team that is surprising everyone? This Bengals team look more like the Bengals we used to know. Yeah. And they're going to look like that again. I'm sorry. I'm going to see more of the team that didn't score a touchdown in two games rather than a team that beat the Browns 31-7. Not against the Hey, they played well against the Packers. Don't forget. Yeah, but still, they had a, what, a 21-0 lead and found a way to blow it? True. Very true. Uh... I'm going to get the Bengals benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to say the Bengals win. It'll be close. Uh, I feel like A.J. Green's going to bring it home, though, and he's he's going to get that uh, either a catch to put him in position for a field goal or just get that touchdown that winds up winning the game. The Bills have won against some tough competition. They could very easily be 4-0 and undefeated right now if it wasn't for a Zay Jones drop I feel like this could be one of those where it's a trap game you're going away Cincinnati's looked better under Bill Lazor and you know hey it could happen it could happen here yeah, Bills are going to go 4-1 and one. the Bengals no no now granted it's not going to be a blowout but yeah, A.J. Green is going to get a semi-garbage time catch to make the score a little closer. Bills are going to take this one, though. At home, the Detroit Lions taking on the Carolina Panthers, a battle of three-and-one teams. Now we're finally talking. Panthers undefeated on the road so far? Not for long. Amir Abdullah has been the catalyst, I feel like, for the Lions as far as getting that running game going, balancing that team out. Uh, Obviously, the Panthers are now starting to understand that you can't just force the ball to Christian McCaffrey. They kind of went back to what they do well. The Lions' front, though, is a problem for that. And also, you've got a secondary of hungry guys that are going to be Chomping at the bit to get at Benjamin and Funchess and the rest of the guys there. I like them more than the Carolina secondary. Uh, Panthers defense is really good too. It could just easily be a you know nineteen sixteen game or whatever one similar to the one we saw uh, on on the Thursday on Thursday night football here, or it could mm-hmm. be a shootout again. I. I'm leaning more closer to that 1916 game. And in a situation like that, I can't bet against Matt Stafford because how he's prone to just coming back late in games and sealing mm-hmm. them. So I'm going to go with Detroit in this one. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm going with the Lions as well. I think 
at the end of the day, I'm going to put the ball in Matt Stafford's hands and let's see what happens. You know, let's not forget they were an overturned call away from being undefeated right now. So then you got the battle of the birds, Arizona Cardinals, two and two, trying to get into a winning record, going against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have looked really good this this season. It's in Lincoln Financial Field, which I think really gives the Eagles an advantage. Uh, you're having to make a a trip for the Cardinals all the way to the East Coast. That matters a bit. Uh, the way LeGarrette Blunt's been running recently, I feel like the Cardinals are going to get hit big time by the run game opening ability for Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and the rest at Carson Wentz to get things going. Cardinals can certainly keep up, but that Eagles front's scary. Very scary, and Carson Palmer is not the same Carson Palmer we've seen the last couple of years. I think this is more the version of him that we've seen in Oakland. It's not going to cut it this week. Wentz is getting together way too many weapons, and this offense is starting to become way too well-rounded for someone like Arizona to stop. I'm taking the Eagles. Taking the Eagles as well. Dolphins and Titans. Uh, what is the status of Marcus Mariota right now? Uh, I mean, it looks like he's probably not going to play is what it seems like. Uh, well, I mean... They did just sign Brandon Whedon. Oh, God. He's going to make that team... So much. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, if if I wasn't dealing with Jake Cutler, I would pick the Dolphins. But I don't know. Matt Castle, he might pull one out of his bum. I'm gonna go on a whim and pick the Titans here. Uh, I feel like this is almost the just what the doctor ordered for Miami. Probably not playing Mariota. You got the pick between Matt Castle or Brandon Whedon, the two Cowboys backups that couldn't do Jack and, well, you know what the other end of that is. Mm. And I feel like with all this media around Adam Gase and, and Jay Cutler and everybody else, uh, I feel like Jay Ajayi could get going. The Dolphins' offense has got to muster something. They got to muster something. That defense could certainly stifle a DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry and really force Matt Castle or Brandon Weenan or whoever's going to throw the ball for the Titans to to have to throw. And I, I feel like that gives Miami an advantage. Even if it's a freaking 13-10 game, you just got to get the win. And then at home... You've been away from home for how long? Miami. Another one that could potentially be a tie. Yep, that too. But let's hope not. I don't want to see ties. They're awful in the NFL. No, no, they're not. Remember, the NFL did not institute regular season overtime until 1974 for a reason. They went along for over a half century without it. And even with... And even when they did, the Broncos and Steelers played to a 35-35 tie. I'm first- not saying the game is bad. I'm saying it's bad. <laughs> There's, you know, it works in the beautiful game that we watch called soccer. It does not work uh, in this game. That is why everybody else has overtime where, you know, they figure out something how to win. The NFL just, you know. But uh, luckily, this season, it's going to happen. We're going to get at least one. Wouldn't be surprised, but let's hope not. Let's hope not. Uh, Anyway, your Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going into Heinz Field where the Steelers play so much better. Usually offensively, they did have an offensive explosion, mainly Le'Veon Bell against the Ravens. 
yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one. That Steelers defense has been continually improving. They're going to have a field day with Blake Bortles. John, I'm just going to ask one question. Is this game in the Eastern time zone? Yes. I'm picking the Steelers. Moving on. (laughs) You are not wrong (laughs) at all for doing that. Uh, This game is in Oakland. And it's the Ravens coming into town to play the Oakland Raiders. Uh, this is a game that feels like Derek Carr is missing. And that should be some help for Joe Flacco, even though you are still having to... Look, he's back at practice, but I just can't imagine that you play him. No. you got to be safe here and just it, not it, play him. This is an EJ Manuel game, but I and I honestly think he'll win this one. This is another one that could go down to a tie. <laughs> EJ Manuel has a bad game. You see what I mean? <laughs> this is hard. This is hard. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Ravens. I feel like EJ Manuel is gonna cost them uh, the game. Uh, he does have wonderful talent around him, which he did not have in Buffalo. Uh, at least the same caliber talent, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Ravens. Let's not forget the Ravens defense can play when they feel like it. It's just emphasis on when they, emphasis on when they feel like it. I mean, come on, really? <laughs> Again, yeah. So. I should mention that this is the first week of buys, so no Atlanta Falcons, Denver Broncos, New Orleans Saints, or Washington Redskins uh, this week. So, uh, you know, luckily for Josh Norman, who has a small uh, bruise on his lung along with some a rib injury, he gets the rest of that this week. Uh, so some big games, some very big games the rest of the way that we're going to talk about here. One that could easily put either put a nice little dent in the standings for the NFC West or things get right back into wide open territory. And it also depends on what Arizona does in their game. But if the Seahawks can get to three and two and make the Rams go down to three and two, three way race already for that, uh, that NFC West going to be interesting. This is away from home. It's in the Coliseum uh, where the Rams oh. did suffer their only loss this year. The Seahawks oh. have not won away from home. Hawks. I don't, I don't, I don't see the Rams offense, even with Jared Goff getting more comfortable. Todd Gurley may have a day. But look at a lot of your outside threats. Yeah, but also we're still talking about one of the worst offensive lines in the entire league. And look at how they clamped down on Dallas last week in that second half. They do that to that offensive line. Russell Wilson, I know he does great running around. I just think that's going to be a problem. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be a problem. But... I think if anybody, the Hawks are in the position to make the most. And not to mention the Rams have been that team, that bogey team for the Hawks. Well, lots of them more often than not. Well aware, well aware, but things are bound to change. I think the Hawks can take this one because they need to make the fewest tweaks to account for that Rams line because they've run the read option. You're going to see it a lot more, and you're going to see some different packages. Yeah, but, but no Chris Carson now, though. No. Uh, Eddie Lacy looked okay coming in. They, but... still, they still have ProSize, or is it just going to yeah, be Yeah, it's, it's Rawls and Lacy, I think, that are going to be running, probably. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. They still have ProSize, but it's going to be Lacy and Rawls running. Um, ProSize better be getting in some action. I, Lacey, I can understand a little bit, but this isn't going to be a time where you need power running. 
And Procise, just like Carson, showed that extra bit of finesse. Pete, for the love of God, I hope you're listening. Put the gum down for a second and let's think this through. <laughs> Rams. Rams are winning at home. I think Jared Goff gets a big statement win, even if it's at the end uh, to beat the Seahawks and put a little distance between the Hawks and the Cardinals and, and rightfully in that continue in that front spot. The big game, big game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys at home against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, boy. Returning to the scene of the crime. Ah. This one is, is difficult because you've got Aaron Rodgers against a secondary that is what it is at this point. They do get Nolan Carroll back, and it looks like Cheeto's going to be back as well, but oof, as, they do get David Irving back in this game, which is very important for that Dallas line. They now have David Irving and uh, DeMarcus Lawrence. It's not just DeMarcus Lawrence. You can't really double-team him anymore because you're going to have to worry about David Irving because he can go inside and out. He actually had a pretty big game against the Packers, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But that's... Rodgers does great when he's flushed out of the pocket, so it doesn't really matter. I, I worry about the Cowboys being able to to defend against all those receivers. That's just so many weapons, plus Ty Montgomery, uh, who looks like he's going to be on his way back. And Mm-hmm. I mean, with the secondary, Skandrick again with his the injury bug hitting, and... With this one, I don't think that they can really contain the Packers receivers, especially when they go deep. And Aaron, you flush him out and you unleash his arm, you're going to get torched. Yeah, I think Zeke will get yards in this one. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, I think people have started to figure out that all you have to do is contain Cole Beasley and contain Witten on third downs, force Dak to have to throw it to somebody else, and that creates problems. And I think that that is going to continue here. And it's we might see Dak be a little bit more efficient, but I just feel like if you're going to get a shootout in a shootout with somebody, Aaron Rodgers is one of the worst guys to get in a shootout with, especially when your defense is just there's there's a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers coming into Dallas and winning. Yeah, they got into a shootout against the Rams. Look what happened. I'm taking Green Bay in this one as well. Ooh, Sunday night game. Can Deshaun Watson at home defeat the last undefeated team in the league? These two teams have a lot of history, playoff history as well. And the first time that they're having to deal with Deshaun Watson, though, I feel like... Okay, I'm going to answer your question real quick. The short answer is no. The long answer is no. I will say Will Fuller made a difference last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's somebody you have to contend with if you're the Texans. Uh, And, you know, hey, that that front line of J.J. Watt... um, and company going to have to – that that's a problem for Kareem Hunt. How do you get through that? I mean, that offensive line has been doing great for the Chiefs. And they're, the good thing about the Chiefs is they've been, okay, we'll get through the first half and then we'll blow it up in the second. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to call upset. I think the Texans are going to win. Sunday night mm-hmm. football. No, I'm sticking with the Chiefs. All right. It's going to be a scary one, but I'm still going to stick with the Chiefs. Monday, nine football divisional matchup. The Chicago Bears at home, Soldier Field. Mitchell Trubisky making his NFL debut against Case Keenum and the Minnesota Vikings. And that Vonda defense, let's not forget, very very stifling defense still. 
and the Bears really don't have receivers. <laughs> so uh, that's another problem. Uh, we did see Mitchell Trubisky move it around in the preseason, but that's the preseason. Yeah, he still had Victor Cruz, and yep. he was still at the point to where only half Why of didn't the- they re-sign him again? I still don't know. That boggles my mind. I mean, did, which case Keenum are we going to get? That's the problem. You're probably going to get the good one. Yeah. Because let's be real. Do you really trust, even with John Fox, this Chicago defense? I don't. No. I, I think Trubisky is going to have moments of where he's going to look really good and people are going to see what they saw in him when they drafted him, what you saw in the preseason. I think the Vikings defense, so that's really hard. Yeah, uh, he Trubisky is going to be predictable. Very predictable. Yeah. And the Vikings are going to figure out that predictable almost immediately. This one could potentially be low scoring. I don't think it will. I'm calling for a blowout. Purple people eaters. I don't think it'll be a blowout because I think Keenum might cause them some trouble too. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, the Vikings, who also signed Stephen Ridley to Ale and and no Dalvin Cook in this game. Latavius Murray, much different runner, so could. They create a, a problem where, you know, if they can't run the ball as well, put a lot of pressure on Case Keenum. I think Ridley's probably going to get more work than people think. Probably, but I'll say the Vikings somehow uh, get the win. They they actually have receivers. So mm-hmm. well, that matters. All right, let's go into the college picks. Um. Let's uh, get it. Uh, lots of games that could have a big impact on the top 25. Of course, you can go read our our week five top 25 on the website right now, w2net.com. Make sure uh, you go check that out. We'll try to get uh, week six up on Sunday as quickly as possible. But so, like I said, big games, including three at the 1030 or later spot with three uh, ranked teams that is going to make us all have to stay up late. Always got to love those uh, games. Longbow night for me. Mm-hmm. So Georgia Bulldogs taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Next, Georgia. Yeah. Do, do, do I have to really pick this one? I mean, as is, my dream is on the verge of being dashed here. Well, your dream of Nashville actually getting a soccer team? Because that seems very plausible at this point. Yeah, no, my dream is them not getting a team. But, <laughs> hey. Hey, that stadium. Would it be, would it be presumptuous very... if I go ahead and burn their jersey as soon as I can? Because, I mean, what? that is a trendy thing right now. God. Yeah, Georgia is going to win. Uh Vanderbilt might put up a bit of a fight, but I feel like... No, no, no. This team is is just... They're bowling over people. LSU has looked not very good. Uh, Not that Florida has looked dominant or anything, but I trust the Florida defense at the Swamp where they're going to be honoring the late, awesome, great Tom Petty. uh, Florida Gators. Chomp, chomp. Yeah, they're going to be running down a dream in this one. Gators. Certainly. Certainly. Uh, Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, losing his first game. uh, But he gets to go in and take on Purdue, who have looked interesting this year. I feel like Minnesota can get the win, though. So do I. I'm not seeing a whole, whole lot from Purdue. Yeah, it's uh, the land of 10,000 lakes. You're going to see a lot more boats rolling this season. Miami, if this game gets played, because there's still going to be hurricane weather 
hitting Tallahassee. A lot of rain. Uh, against Florida State, uh, Miami rolling along. This, this one is going to go on as scheduled from the recent reports because, really, Miami, Florida State, what's a little rain going to hurt? Mm-hmm. Now, my teams are favored, which is usually a bad sign against Florida State, but I'm going to go with them in this one. I'm going with them, too. I did not like what we got out of the... Yeah, they won uh, that one game, but aside, the NC State loss just didn't look good for them. Hey, NC State beat Louisville, so... Yes, they did beat them tonight. Uh, They're going to be rising in our rankings, certainly, and Louisville might even drop out completely, uh, depending on what happens, so... Yeah, stay tuned for that one. I'm sure they will make a heavy drop in all the other polls as well. And Kansas State, to, you know, trying to continue on and, and only have that one loss going into Austin against Texas. Uh, Texas has got the big game against Oklahoma next week as well. So tough sledding between these two uh, next two fixtures they got. <laughs> I think K-State takes this one. Texas is going to be caught looking ahead. Uh, I think they got to look at this one seriously. K-State is a, still a, somebody you don't want to mess with in the Big 12 right now. I think Texas with the upset. Why not? Hmm. Uh, Michigan State taking on a Michigan team that was off last week. I feel like Michigan somehow gets through this one, though. Sparty ain't going to get that miracle punt, box, snap, fumble gimmick again. Not this time. Go Blue. Wisconsin taking on Nebraska for the who's leading. The They're in the south, east, the- west, west, right? Yeah, the Big Ten West. Yes, so whoever's leading the West. Yeah, who wins remember, this game? Go remember ahead. the Big Ten. Your Eastern Time Zone schools in Indiana, East. All your other Central Time Zone schools, West. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin for me. There's not. They haven't looked like so convincing all the time. Uh, but they've been playing well, and Nebraska's just looked all out of sorts in several games. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Uh Uh-oh. Wi-Fi problem for Eric here. Uh, So I'll just keep going since we're at the end. Uh, We've got the Stanford and Utah game. This one could be interesting. Uh, 10-15 start for that one. I feel like Utah can get it done, though, but watch out. Upset alert uh, on that. And also, another upset alert. Oregon lost Arizona State, but that team is very capable of keeping up in points. Uh, It's in Oregon. I got to say, Washington State, though, is going to take care of business and continue to be undefeated, but uh, watch it. Just watch it with that game. Look. And on any kind of a shootout in this case, I love me a Mike Leach offense. Wazoo. And the big game, uh, it's in the Big 12. West Virginia coming in to Fort Worth, Amon Carter Stadium, taking on the undefeated TCU Horned Frogs, the number eight ranked TCU Horned Frogs. Who do you got? I mean, West Virginia... You know, they lost no. that first game again in the season by a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've played cupcakes since then, so their record's a little tainted. TCU does have that big up, you know, upset over Oklahoma State. What this, is also, this is also a TCU team that SMU hung tough with them for a little over three quarters. I got the Mountaineers in an upset. 
I'm going to go with TCU. I feel like they wind up pulling it out. It's in Fort Worth. They're going to have that crowd behind them and everything. But should be should be an interesting one, certainly. Uh, I'm going to be really looking forward to this game. It's early. It's 3.30. So uh, I'll be at work, but we'll see how that goes. All right. So that's it for the show. If you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button. You'll get both the shows we do each week. We do one on Thursday night after Thursday night football. Of course, you just heard that. And we do one after Monday night football where we not only recap the MNF game, we'll also look at the rest of the weekend as well. Uh, and for... Uh, for the rest of our stuff, you know, uh, Eric's point of viewer, uh, we just had a soccer to the max previewing the under 17 World Cup that begins in mere hours. And the rest of uh, the, the the soccer world that's going to be looking at these, uh, you know, South America already is giving people scares. Argentina legitimately may not qualify uh, from the looks of things. Um, boy. Soccer to the max is going to have interesting right That's now. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's it's a little bit worse than a coin flip. That Tuesday night the, show is going to be fire because we're going to know who all made the world, who's all in the World Cup that night. So except for the African nations, but the rest of them we're going to know. Uh, other than you know any playoffs that got to take place. Uh, did uh, but all right. Um, Until Monday night. We'll see you later, everybody. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.